Welcome to the Business Benchmark Group podcast, where you'll learn how to think strategically about your business and discover that while business is not easy, it doesn't need to be hard. With over 20 years experience in turning stalling businesses into thriving enterprises, here is your host, Stefan Kazakis, the founder and CEO of Business Benchmark Group. Okay, and good evening. And I've uh, I've been really looking forward to this uh, to this evening, this Thursday evening's uh, webinar and sharing. And um, you know, we, we've been doing some amazing work at Business Benchmark Group. Um, and when I say we, not just my team and I, but uh, the whole community of Business Benchmark Group, I'm so thrilled. I'm so thrilled for every one of your uh, your, your your advancements and your clarity around your 26 week rolling cash flows and and your quote registers and your work in progress registers and, and just the collaboration for each of you and your teams right now is just benchmark. I mean, truly, truly remarkable and please, no complacency and, and, and keep on pushing and, and, and hustling and, and moving the opportunity forward for each one of you. And uh, I am really excited for tonight's um, sharing and, and, and the interview I have tonight with um, Graham Cock, the, uh, the owner, the founder, a man that some of you have met, many of you will know when you've met Graham. He's, uh, you know, he's the epitome of um, vision and energy and, 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 and people care factor. He's just an incredible human being, an amazing, an amazing person who I've uh, come to know over the last five years in, in various, um, I guess, you know, um, work and assignments and, um, and projects that we have. Um, Ace Contractors Group and the and the Business Benchmark Group as an affiliate uh, relationship. Yeah, in 1961, um, Graham started. Um, he started his business, his first business, at the tender age of 20 years old. And in 1971, Ace started as Ace Contractors Group. And in 1989, the company was restructured and Ace Contractors and staff commenced to allow staff ownership in the business. That was June 1989. And, um, you know, just think about the time frame between 1961 and 1989 before it opened up for, you know, ownership for the team. You know, that's, that's a mature business at this point. Um, 1996, um, ACE, the ACE Contracting Group, um, celebrates its 25th year um, anniversary. And, and, and there's just pages here of just brilliance. You know, in 2009, the group reached an employment milestone of 100 full-time employees on the books. And, uh, you know, it just goes on three, three full pages here as far as a bio and a, and a representation of excellence. You know, in 2017, um, ACE's head office moved from Elfman to Nunawading. So it is a, it, it is a rich history that is uh, the business called ACE Contractors Group and, 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 and the history of the business versus the history and the journey of the man that is Graham Cock, the owner, the visionary, the, uh, the, the person that goes out of his way to say it the way it is. And, and, and I know he's nervous about this interview as I am in interviewing him. And uh, we are here to have a conversation and, and provide so much insight and uh, dig a little bit deeper as to what does it take to own and run a business for 60 years 
for which, in fairness, he doesn't need to be at work because he's got plenty of people around him, but he goes in every day. He's one of the first to get in. He's one of the last to get out. He loves it. He so loves it. So we're going to get some amazing insights for a man that's been at the helm of business and team development and growth and, and business um, business um, ups and downs and economics ups and downs and recessions and, and, and peaks. And he has 3,000 weeks of experience for which we're going to do our best in the next 57 minutes to condense it all. So that's my intro for what is going to be a phenomenal one hour on, and sharing with an amazing man called Graham Cock. Graham, over to you. Welcome to Ace Offices. Welcome on this journey together tonight. Let's show you our offices. I'm going to fish tank for you tonight. <laughs> 1950s foundry. We've made a difference to it. So these are the brand new headquarters of, um, of ACE since 2017, an amazing building that's been refurbished and remade uh, in, in Nunawading to be this amazing spiritual headquarters of this amazing business that's just going from strength to strength. As Graham is going up the stairs, um, I've done plenty of, plenty of work in the, uh, in the, in the boardroom. Um, you'll, you'll get to see at the top of the stairs and what you'll see here is this common area the common area where they congregate and build so much team culture. Over to you, Graham. Yeah, well, we often have 80-odd people here, um, not at the present because of space, but uh, 80 people and it's also a cafe, a boardroom. Uh, we have some Aborigine art there. <laughs> uh, we can change the colour of the lights. Tonight I've got blue for you. I love blue. <laughs> So this is um, the headquarters, which um, houses approximately 25% of the head count is internal. It's um, not only upper management, but um, upper management that's very committed to growing talent, growing people. Um, it, and, and we'll hear in a moment, I mean, this paper Vase contractors group as to all the different departments that make up the, old, the, the whole group. Please feel free to, um, please feel free to put your questions um, forward to Graham and, and myself as we go forward. I've got a really good list of questions that um, I want to be running um, as it relates to the interview we're just about to uh, commence. And um, it was important to see uh, and or walk through the headquarters that is um, befitting a business that started in the, uh, in the early 60s. You know, I've been in various conversations in the last um, week or two and, 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 and in fairness, um, um, since 1992 when I started in business, um, as it relates to building people and building teams. And, and um, it takes a lot of, um, it takes plenty of courage to build a, build a business. It takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of, um, you know, um, um, I, I guess um, risk and it takes a lot of belief. And sometimes you, you look up to the sky and you think, is it all worth it? But uh, I think for many of us in business, it is worth it. And we're going to hear a story in a moment that's um, befitting that. But before we get going, I just thought, how can I get the most out of what should be a 10-hour interview with this amazing man who I so respect so much? However, I, uh, I thought I would start, Graham, and I know I'm going to catch you off guard now, but um, I thought I would start the interview or our sharing here today, and it's a conversation. I need you to be, as always, straight down the barrel with me, and, and um, I'm going to seek your quick response to the following words. So I'm going to say a word, and you're going to give me your 
quick response. And it may be five words or 10 words that you share for the word I'll give you. But that will give us a little bit of a, uh, a warm up here to get, get, get the blood flowing. And I've got some really good questions here. And you're okay to ask me a question too, Graham, which I know you normally do. And um, I so enjoy it when you do that and you put me on the spot. And everyone else listening and participating, please um, put your questions forward because we will have some time towards the end of today to uh, make sure we're um, addressing some of your questions. So, Graham, I'm going to say a word and you will give me a, uh, a response. The first word I'm going to ask is relationships. How do I make it happen? How do I slow down to make it happen? Mindset. Ego. And what do you mean by that? Oh, having a set um, set sort of goal, a set uh, purpose that is not going to be swayed. I'm just going to go for it. Strong-minded. Determination. Truthfulness. I often think when I'm not truthful... Um, I can. I often think of the opposite. Uh, I try to be a frank, as frank as and truthful as I possibly can, and sometimes it gives people the shits. <laughs> Vulnerability. Let's make it happen. Team culture. What a terrific um, goal! What a terrific purpose! What a um, if you want to make things happen, that's where you got to go. Mentors. Yeah, well, they're very helpful. Um, they've helped me since I was six or seven years of age when I couldn't spell or read and I had uh, people that helped me learn. Some of it didn't make any effing difference, and others really helped me. Gratitude. Am I allowed to swear tonight? Yeah, of course you are. Uh, mate, that's... <laughs> this, <laughs> mate, we, you come from the heart tonight, mate. Gratitude. That's a nice feeling. And last, money. It's a good measuring stick. Thank you, Graham. That, that sort of gives us a little bit of an insight, gives us a little bit of a warm-up. Now, your business, as it stands today, employs, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to round it off to 150 people in your, in your, in your, um, your full-time payroll. No, we've got about 300, just under 300, I think. Thank you for correcting that. And, 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 and a business that started in the 1960s, that in the 2020s, has 300 people gainfully employed. And I know you have leadership team and structure and it's not all on your shoulder. So let's be, let's make that very clear. And you do have a choice to uh, be there, not be there. And it's not you're being there to work hard right now, but 300 people employed. And how many, how, what, give, us a, um, give us an understanding of 300 people and the makeup of 300 people for you? What, what does the makeup of 300 people at ACE actually look like? Well, we have, 400, uh, we have 40 different nationalities. We have a primary teacher that uh, works on the third floor in our mindfulness centre, integrating them, even giving, teaching about Australian buddy slang. If we swear of a, a bloke that's come from the Middle East, he doesn't know what the hell we're talking about. 
So we've got to teach him about slang, um, toilet paper and what else, you know? Um, so we, we provide a, have a primary teacher, but it's also how do we communicate with them? I've got a, some investors coming and architects coming from Vietnam. So I get one of my Vietnam people that work for me to just to sit in and give, give a feedback of what the hell's going on underneath the conversation from their cultural point of view. You with me? I, I, had, that. An, I had an Indian interview the other day and I had a, um, a young lady, she's 34 from India and I brought her in and it just changed the whole atmosphere of the interview. And I, and I know how important team and culture and diversity and, and acceptance, but also, I also know you're a hard taskmaster as it comes, as it relates to transparency and accountability, being the best you can be. You will be supported, but you've got to give me the best you could be. I know, I know you're, this is why I, I so connect with you, Graham, because that is the walk that I walk to. So in knowing that and having 300 people on your team right now in an environment, let, let's leave the COVID-19 thing behind us. What keeps you awake at night knowing that you are ultimately the person responsible for 300 families as a minimum? Yeah, well, I've got another 500 to 1,000 subbies. So, um, and they're, they're part of the team. We, we give a prize each month to the, the best two subbies and send home maybe flowers to the wives and they just love us. Um, and we pay them on time or even earlier. Um, so they love that better. Um, so what keeps you awake? What keeps you awake? When you think about that, you know, the, the weight of 300 plus the extended workforce of 500 to 1,000 subbies, depending on which programs you're on. I've, I've, I've got Zach here and Omro. He's a lawyer and Zach's in IT and they're supporting him. And I've got Lisa here because I work in a group usually. And I asked them to be here to support me right now talking to you. So that's how I work. But I I might think of Omro, you know, he, he's panicking about getting this bloody, you know, dying of this disease that we've got hooking around here. You know, how do I handle him? What, what do I bring forth of that? So I'd worry about that. And it's, um, it's, it's really, um, I mean... Spending five minutes with you, you do get to understand that. So, again, I'm just going to reinforce and keep on reinforcing the, the impact of leadership for everyone well, that, listening. Stefan, that's why, you know, you, these two people you've trained and then you've trained another eight or ten of my staff, and that's why I take a photograph of them when they go in in the morning and then after being with you for two hours, I take another photograph. And that tells me, are you doing a job or not? And, and, what, and what do you normally see when you take the before oh, they usually are, No, most of them are really alive. Not many are half dead. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Graham. And uh, we, are, we are into putting life into businesses, let alone the people who work in the businesses. So I guess, Sam, um, when you think about your journey, Graham, and, and, you know, it's been a great journey and, and you're here and you think back, and, and, and I'm sure there's moments as I, I, I reflect on, okay, well, here are my learnings. Here's my lessons. Here's my unbelievable things that I shouldn't go again. Um, what are, if any, regrets for you? What are, when you think about the span and the, and the peaks and troughs and the, 
hard decisions I'm sure you made along the way to get here. What are, if any, regrets? I think I could have spent more time with my family. I did when the kids were younger and we used to go up to Fraser Island camping a lot, but I could have spent more time with my family. Um, I was business orientated. I've got farms, properties, um, construction, investment. Uh, in some ways, I had high energy and, and what the hell did I do with it, you know? Sometimes I thought I'd just have, have sex all the time, but, you know, I got involved in the business world, you know. <laughs> and, um, and what would be your, um, what would be your learnt and very, uh, very progressed experience or advice as it relates to the home life balance? I mean, what is your, you know, learning from your own journey, and, and, and we all do, I guess, um, what is the, in less than 10 words, what would be advice that you have for people listening to you right now as it relates to the work-home-life um, balance? That's a good question. And how do we as business people, and you've got a lot of young people starting off, how do they honour themselves and nurture themselves in the pressure of doing that? And... Um, I'm 80 now, and I'm still bloody learning it. I know. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And uh, you are such an inspiration for many, including me, mate. It's, uh, it's brilliant being in your, uh, in your space. You know, we, we, we work with business owners who are in their late 40s and early 50s, and, 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 and God love them. I mean, they're great, great human beings, males and females, who are um, certainly, you know, one of, one of our clients has got an actual buzzer in his office as to the minutes and the seconds counting down to his retirement and and i'm talking about he wants to retire and that's all he's focused on it's like okay that's cool that's not a bad goal to have however there's such a life ahead of you and if everything's about counting down what are you counting up yeah well um i just love working with people and supporting them on their journey um, they mightn't talk much about their journey, but you sort of sense it biologically um, how we connect. And some people don't connect with me and I drive them nuts. Even if they walk past me, you know, they, they get, um, it's, it's difficult for them because I have a sense of heightened sensitivity that I want to make it happen. Um, and if my staff walk slower than me and they're 25, well, I'm on their back. <laughs> and I'm just, <laughs> oh, you're a great man. And, and I love the other uh, slogan, Ace Makes It Happen. You know, it's, it's amazing uh, to have you um, sitting underneath that, that, um, that very beautiful tagline. Um, Rob, it'd be a good idea to uh, get the, uh, the video ready in a moment. And before we go there, so your, um, your journey, your journey, Graham, and reading through the bio and so many pages of it, your journey and as it relates to building team, growing people and helping them be better and making it happen, you know, um, is, a critical, is a critical path to success is what I, I've come to understand of you and your team, of course. Yeah, but it comes out of my inadequacies. For me to cope and remember names and I'm, I'm not computer illiterate, but I, I seem to find, and I'm not, I can't, do um, software, but I can pick up people around the world or in Melbourne 
that can do that for me. And it doesn't matter if they're in a coffee shop or a restaurant. I, I find them somehow. And they so, start, so, talk, so, so, so let's, let's unpack that a little because... You know, I was only in a, um, I was in a convers, I was in a conversation earlier today and last night with a, uh, a member in our private Facebook page, and 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 she was looking for talent. I, I believe it'd be a family business, and 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 you know, I can sense the frustration for her, and I understand it. Looking for good people is a difficult thing for everyone in business, and um and and and, and I just want to tap into your um tolerance for finding talent and growing talent. What can you give us as um, pearls of wisdom, Graham, for um, looking into people and reading further than just the first impression? What do you have as your critical, I guess, points of assessment as it comes to meeting someone for the first time that may not have the competency yet, but they have, in your opinion, or your very quick assessment, the attitude. What is it that you look for when it comes to not just young, but just talent? What is it that you look for? I suppose I look into my own body. You could call it a gut feeling, but it's an energetic um, of knowingness. Um, and usually it's about 80% right. Often it's wrong, 20% wrong. Um, I do make mistakes. Um, but somehow... There's a connection, a biological connection, an energetic, a sense, um, oh, it's palpable. It's sort of, you can feel it in the air. And it is energy, isn't it? It is an energy. And you don't even need to be, you know, rah-rah in the energy to feel energy in someone. Someone that's got go, get you, I want it. You can feel that. It's not what they say. It's not even what they do. You can just feel that energy. That's my take on that. And I agree with you. Steph and I agree with you. And that's what we've tried to create in these offices. When you walk in here, you'd think it's an advertising agency or something completely out of the square. Um, but, oh, what the hell goes on on here? That's what people say, you know? Um, so that's what we're trying to create. And each individual has to create that as well to, to make it larger. And, and how well, do we do that? Yeah, and, and it's fair to say, Graham, that, you know, it's up to the leader to set the standard. It's up to the team to raise the bar on the standard. That's my take. Your yeah. take? Yeah, well, that's right. We've got to create an energetic and support for these people. And, um, and, I, and I just ask the, for these people to sit and support me tonight. So it's a to and fro. And, you know, these people here are supporting me energetically. And I bloody push them and support them. And I want them to make it happen. Um, so it's a, it's a give and take. And you're running a business that has many millions of dollars invoiced every month. Many, many people and families being fed every day. And you are a stickler for team and culture and giving people a chance. On that... You did an amazing um, recruitment um, drive about a year ago, and I remember this because we um, we certainly had a look at it, and uh, um, we were really proud of the final product. And uh, Rob, if you could please um, play this, this goes for about four minutes. It's so worth looking at uh, 
what truly, truly, truly goes into um, energy and building culture and what is truly under the hood as it relates to Ace Contractors Group and um, led by Graham Cox. So let's have a look at this video. It goes for about four minutes. This was used for helping people put their hand up to take a, take, take a ticket to line up and join the team at Ace Contractors Group. This is going back about a year and a bit. Go, Rob. My philosophy for success is you get the culture right and the people right. That's 85% of it. At Ace, what we're trying to achieve is uh, a caring culture, one that helps people to flourish, to grow. We want to encourage them in their professional development, of course, first and foremostly, but we also care about the individual. At the moment, I'm a project manager, so I'm in the landscape division. My role involves essentially being on top of what's happening in the project, what's being built, how it's being built, uh, and the guys that are on site keeping them up to date with what needs to be done. ACE is a place that provides a lot of opportunity and ACE is showing me how I can uh, grow to be a better person and then that makes me a better worker and that, that makes my life better. It is a caring organization. It, it is one that um, tries to take the whole person into account. ACE is a great place to work because they accept everyone. Um, the team are really welcoming. I actually thought coming here it was going to be a really being a construction company be a very macho kind of egoed environment, but it's not. I look for their vulnerability. I'm not looking for great egos. I think one of the strengths that we have at Ace is that it's we have a very multicultural workplace. We have 37 different cultures here, and, and how do we integrate? How do we their dreams and our dreams join? That's a journey. We are quite separated, we're across um, you know, different work sites and so one, we, we try to employ many ways to bring our staff together and we do that through um, our multicultural morning teas. It started off many years ago with people just sharing their morning teas and then we opened it up to really asking questions or about their biographies and people really enjoy that. They really, really enjoy sharing it and listening to it. We were doing some things that were um, cutting edge. At the time, we'd started mindfulness classes. We had implemented some new processes with our onboarding and recruitment. We had already been doing some good work in the mental health and well-being side of things. They have groups here that I've been a part of with mindfulness. That's been extremely helpful for me to be able to bring that into a workplace. You know, construction, commercial construction can be a pretty pretty intense atmosphere. And so having that part of my life brought into the work world has been extremely helpful. We have uh, floral art classes. It's amazing the way you have young and old admin and engineer come together and just chat and learn about this. We have a, um, an IT think tank. It's what's going to happen in the construction industry in the next five to ten years. Our company think tank is it's a meeting by various members of our team and our staff and we come together and we um, discuss and research possible IT and uh, technology solutions. Um, in the think tank everyone has an equal discussion. Um, everyone's ideas are taken under consideration. Um, 
and anyone can suggest anything. How do you create an energy of aliveness in people? And the environment they work in is important to create that. As their home is where they're de developing their children, how do we want to make a difference where people really feel alive and healthy? And that's what this office is about. So wherever you are and uh, you've just watched that, just a bit of a round of applause, I think, because, um, you know, and let's not, let's not kid ourselves, you know, growing a business, growing a team, getting to 100 people, getting to 300 people, building a business where it's, you know, it's, it's revenue lines are over 100, 120, $150 million a year and making sure that you've got profit at the end to be here next year, you know, particularly in construction where you're dealing with fine, 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 fine margins is not for the faint-hearted. And if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. But I guess the, uh, the key there is if you, if you, if you have a real, ground, a real grounding as to who are you and what you do for the people you do it for and be really, really clear and selective for the people you wish to do it with, I feel they are the recipes for our success. So, Graham, congratulations once again on all that and um, I love what you're doing there. I'm going, to, um, I'm, going to, I'm going to move forward now. So if you could do it all again, if you could do it all again, and let's think, let's think about the last 20 years in business. When you think about the last 20 years, you've gone from, you know, opening up to um, your team being owners in the business. You've gone into expansion and acquisition. And, and here we are at, um, at 2020. If you could do it all again, what would be two top things, two top things that you would do differently? Um, we had offices at Eltham and they were too small and we had side sheds with people stuck out the back. We should have moved earlier. Um, I would have progressed more with young engineers or young people more than having, um, um, let's say, we, we had a sort of a culture where You've got a problem, so you employ somebody just to fix that problem instead of employing the quality person that can learn how to fix that problem. Um, so doing that differently, not putting people so much into, uh, into boxes. Wow. It just amazes me, Graham. You're always going back to the people. And, and it is the people that create a business. So I love... I love and I know this is not manufactured because I've been around you many, many hours to know how much you, you are true in your word there. Okay, how do you navigate through an economic downturn? How, I mean, you've been in business for, let's say, you've witnessed from my count at least nine, if not 10, economic downs, economic winters, economic crisis. And we are currently, and we shouldn't be fooled, in an economic crisis called COVID-19. How, does, um, how do you navigate a business, regardless of size, regardless of industry, regardless of place in the world, how do you navigate through a crisis, a recession, a downturn, and keep your wits enough to come and do it again? How do you do that? And I'll, I'll ask the second question to this or the second part. How does COVID-19, in your opinion rank or rate as compared to the others that you have experienced? 
I'll answer that one first. Um, and I think the shit's still going to hit the fan financially um, when we come through this, um, the, um, the, the illness or the sickness. And, um, but I think financially, and I, I really feel for our grandchildren are going to have to pay for this. Um, and, and what we leave for the new, the new generations. Uh, I think this is the worst I've ever experienced. And, I th uh, and we haven't been hit with the financial. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but I just think financially. And my business, I think, is a great one to be in. Infrastructure, building bridges, railways, uh, roads and what have you. Um, I, I feel, you know, I feel that we're going to be privileged compared with some people. Um, now, what was the first question? The first question is, how do you navigate? What, what, are, the, what are the basics? What are the fundamentals as, as you have experienced a handful of these over the years? What are the fundamentals? Where do you batten down the hatches as it relates to, you know, navigating through a crisis? And okay, I get it. Like the last one was 30-odd years ago when Keating had interest rates of 21 or 19%. So that was easy. I just went out and borrowed money and paid all our suppliers and <clears throat> before I even got the product and asked them for 10%. So I made about 100% profit. I loved it. I made a lot of money. So but, <laughs> but this is a different, never been here before. The world's never been here before. So I, I don't, I have to know that it's uncharted waters. And I talk to a small group that I have some, every week maybe, and, and look at what we have to do. We have to have quality people that are gonna make a difference when we get through this. And if yeah. you wanna retrain or make it happen, but if you're not gonna be on the, great, on, on the train with us, I'm sorry, you gotta get off. Yeah, so, so what, are your, um, what are your pearls of wisdom as it relates to, you know, definitely you need to contract your expenses and or, tighten up and become a little more frugal in certain areas and in other areas you need to be definitely the investor to capture the opportunity because your competition's going to sleep right now or shit scared and they're running away so what is the fine the fine balancing act, act as, as to what do you contract and what do you invest in what would you or what have you invested in in times of crisis what have you done as it relates to investment that got you ahead of the curve in a crisis? Well, I bought 10 farms up the Riverina when um, agriculture was down. Um, I'm looking to maybe buy a building company. Um, I'm looking for opportunities. Um, I'm, I'm always looking for opportunities and getting my staff to look at opportunities. Um, so I love doing that. So would you say the way out of a crisis is to be really finger on the pulse? And in the round table this Monday, Graham, when we were um, on that together and there was a handful of us discussing, um, just thrashing out, just, you know, a, a bunch of business owners having a chat. That's what the round table group is. And um, we discussed how, you know, this is still an opportunity that, that's to be beckoned. I mean, even if the market contracts to 70%, even if it shuts down to 70% anywhere, whether it's retail, hospitality, commercial uh, buildings or, or um, you know, um, whatever business you're in, if it goes down to 70%, you're, 
Do you believe there's still an opportunity to be a benchmark business? Yeah, there's always an opportunity. And I suppose, how do we train our staff and the people that we're talking to? Like I've got Omro sitting in the room here now. He wants to buy land or buy a couple of flats. Well, he's going to have an opportunity because I reckon uh, 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 house prices are going to come down. So I, we talk like that. And it's just not about me. It's about their journey as well, you know? Yeah, so what are you... Um... What are you most fearful of, Graham? I mean, I know I asked you the question, what keeps you awake earlier? But right now, what are you most fearful of? For the thing called COVID and how this plays out, what are you most fearful of it, about? Where is your risk mitigation plan or mindset as it relates to not getting caught flat-footed? Where are you most fearful right now? How do you define what's a life well lived when you're 80 years of age? And how do you want to live maybe the next five or 10 years um, and how do I want to live that? That's, um, that's the journey I'm on right now. How do I want to live that being open and available to myself and do and, and to other people? And I'm learning that. Uh, it's a bit of a shock to be 80 years of age. I, uh, I didn't really ever want to realise that. But shit, you know, how long have I got? How long have you got? Amazing. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with this, but one of Warren Buffett's famous lines, he says, success in life is when you get over 70 and the people you want to love you actually do. Well, that's, that's very good. Yeah. And that's Warren Buffett. So, and he's a, he's a genius when it comes to money and he's a genius when it comes to life. So I'm so thankful that we got you on camera saying what you just said, because to me, and the next question is an important one. What are you most grateful in your life thus far? At this point, when you, when, when you think about your life and the flash of life, what are you most grateful for? Oh, um, friends, family, uh, my intuitiveness self uh, that I've sort of recognised over the last 15 or 20 years. I never realised... Uh, the gift I have in that area and, and just, and I suppose the people in the business world that are listening to this, you know, you've got an intuitiveness and a gut feeling and you're making it happen every day. And I support you and, um, and, and get people around you that sort of nourish you. Like even, you know, if we just all hugged ourselves occasionally and appreciated ourselves in this world, I think it'd be a better world. And, and in saying that, I'm so grateful to have you in my world, Graham. And I know you're my client, but I am grateful to have you in my world. Because you. You, are, you are a paradigm. You are a paradigm. You are a reference, a true reference. And, 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 a, and I guess a, um, a possible picture that's worth looking into as it relates to age is a number and what you choose to do with age, God willing. And if you look after your health, of course, which is the other parts of that, there is no finish line to life until you decide there is a finish line. And what is that you could share with us for those of us that I guess are in our forties and maybe fifties who may be feeling that we're getting close to a certain stage in life. 
what is your what what are your words of humble humbleness and humility as it relates to continuing the rage continuing well, what you just said those nice words towards me in appreciation of our relationship and my journey and that sort of brings tears to my eyes and how do we become vulnerable and available to ourselves and to one another as human beings and, and I'm special. still learning that. And I'm still learning that. So someone in their late fifties, Graham, who who is in good is in good shape mentally and, 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 and let's say physically and and you know their their place of home and friendships and relationships are solid. You know, it's okay, it's stock standard stuff. What are your words of of enlightenment as to continuing the journey of belonging to something that's going somewhere. If I was to ask this a different way, at the age of 60, Graham, what were you thinking as a related to business and how are you here at 80? Um, I had goals that I wanted to achieve. Um, I live on a farm that I decided to buy when I was 10 years of age, when my father was renting it. Um, it took me another, I don't know, 15 or 20 years to buy it. And I've been there for 40 years and I've sold it to the Chinese, um, which uh, I'm still wrestling with. Um, but 760 acres at Yarra Glen, working it on the weekends, uh, it was just too much for me, so I sold it. But I've had goals that I went for and achieved and had people that helped me do it. And do you think there's ever a time in life that you should run out of goals or dreams? Is there a stage in life, and, and, and my God, I'm so... I'm in awe of having you in my presence right now and asking this question. Is there a time in life when you should stop pushing for the next goal or dream? I'm not sure of that. Um, in some ways, I'm in a space of just trying to <clears throat> nurture myself. I think I've nurtured people and supported people. And I think at this age, I'm trying to nurture myself and find the space for me. Um, and, and I don't even quite know what that looks like. But there are still dreams, aren't there? Yeah, there's there's dreams and uh, things I want to do. Um, um, yeah, but at eighty years of age, um, it's a journey where and it changes all the time. You know, when you're you know eighteen or something, you're chasing a bit of skirt, maybe. Um, 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 or you're 21 or something, you want to start breeding kids. Uh, it's a bit later these days, you know. Um, so, you know, life changes. It's always changing. It's always changing. And, and, and what do you think? What do you think? What do you think, Graham, you'll be remembered for the most? Ah, uh, I made a difference. I made a difference. I, I had a go at loving and making a difference. And, and if, there was a, 
if there was an opportunity to have an out-of-body experience right now and and read. Actually, I'm trying to think of a famous story on this one, but I'll, I'll get to it in a minute. And read your um, somewhere in 50 years' time looking back. If you were able to be here in 50 years' time and look back and read something about you, what you were remembered by, most importantly, what was your everlasting legacy and how it was written in a book about you, what do you think would be your everlasting legacy if you were reading about it in 50 years' time? I had a go. And? I tried to make it happen. And I'm going to remove the word try because there wouldn't be there wouldn't be i made it happen in lots of areas um and from a school boy that found had extreme difficulties learning and still does today um and i still coped and life was uh, great for me and i've been extremely fortunate in lots and lots of ways Beautiful. And, and Graham, you know, your, um, your ability to nurture, your ability to call it the way it is, your ability to still be a ball breaker, your ability to uh, come in and change direction in a whim and uh, freak people around you because they thought yesterday you told me to do something and today you're asking me to do something else. Mate, that's what's got you here. And if you didn't have that, it'd be a fucking political party, which means you would have been dead, right? As in, in business. So well done on uh, what you believe in 50 years' time, looking back, is your legacy. We've got a handful of questions here, Graham, and um, I'm going uh, to do my best to reel through them. And uh, so Andrea asks, and please, uh, we're going to have five to 10 minutes, so it's 5.50 now on my clock. We're going to have 10 minutes um, of, of, of Graham's time to do some Q&A and get involved, guys. Get engaged. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of people on this, um, on this recording, so get on. So Andrea asks, hi, Graham. What are you looking for when you meet someone for the first time? I'm looking for the connection, um, what's happening in my physical body in that relationship. My body is a tuning fork. Excellent. And I know you explained that a little earlier too. So more, more was discussed earlier on that. Stuart says, thank you for, uh, for again, the, the, the motivation, the inspiration to live further than 65. And, and it's amazing to be in the presence of a wise man. Do you have any jobs available for Stuart? He's a plumber who runs a great bloody plumbing business. I can't believe he just asked that question. But anyway, I'm asking the question. Do, do you have a job for Stuart? who's about to throw in the towel with his own business to join your team. Well, I do have a few people that have thrown in their own businesses and we've joined up with them. Um, I have a HR department and uh, she's a lovely lady and she takes the phone calls and, um, yeah, we're after people, quality people all the time. But if you take Stuart on, you're going to have to uh, supplement his business with another business you need to refer to me. 
<laughs> okay, what's the next question? Come on. <laughs> you know, you owe me a few, Graham. <laughs> okay, next question. Um, Carl asks, I've, um, I've, I've pivoted my business in the last six months before COVID. We were heading towards running a, um, a larger commercial um, plumbing business. I had 25 people employed. I've since re, re, um, put, a, put a direction towards more um, smaller project work. We are flourishing. I've gone back to 12 people. However, I'm not capping the amount of people I, I hire. Have you ever pivoted a business that, that, that needed a different direction? Yeah, well, farming um, can be a shit when it's a drought. Um, farming has got to pivot all the time differently to weather, uh, overseas markets. And um, I was brought up on farms. And so I learned to change with whatever hell's happening, floods, droughts, markets. Um, so farming teaches you that. And, and how do you get into a position to realise that you have to pivot? You have to do something different. Because if it's not fucking working now, do something different. <laughs> what do you do with your, what do you do in your free time? That's from um, Tom. What do you do I, in your free time and how do you relax? I've got nearly three kilometres of Yarra and I walk up and down that and see all the shit that I should have done beforehand. But often I just see the water running past. Um, I get on my little moke and go around, look at my cattle. Um, I go and see friends. Uh, it's hard to stop my mind, but I can fucking sleep. Hey, um, question from me. Define your, not elaborate, but favourite dinner. Oh, um, sort of whatever's put in front of me. Um, I trust women who cook and just put what food there. Um, I don't like it too hot, um, spicy. I don't like that. But look, I don't eat shit. I was brought up with mainly organic food and tasting, uh, but I'm not that fussy. And a question again further to that, what is your morning ritual, Graham? What is your morning ritual? I've been doing a fair bit of um, um, study on this with, with various um, people around the world right now. And um, I thought I'd reach out to you with this question. What is your morning ritual? <laughs> um, I might wake up early. I might meditate for a, for a quarter of an hour. Uh, if I wake up at, say, quarter to five, I don't want to get up till 6.30. Uh, I might meditate and, and relax and I might go off to sleep eventually. Um, then I'd look at what Lisa's put on my bloody phone or what i got to do today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, two more questions um, from Katie. What is the one thing you have done in your life that you are most proud of? I enjoy my children, but I, I think at 80 years of age, I'm starting to realise that me, that I can be proud of. I just 
having my own identity and playing with that. It's like a child playing with it. Um, and, and where am I going at 80 years of age? So it's the identity in me. I love that answer. Thank you for that. And um, last and not least, do you wish to elaborate on your charity and your charitable work, which goes back a very, very long time, Graham? You know, when you think about we run our business, Business Benchmark Group runs from level eight at Westfield Tower. And one of the most amazing things that connects us is firstly, your first mentor, official mentor, you had a 22, I had a 23. And we have a place called Westfield Tower that connects us unbeknown to both of us when we first met. Talk about your charitable work. Share, share your charitable work. Yeah, righto. Well, you're talking about before Westfield Doncaster was um, constructed or even the permit was given, I was uh, with one of my mentors, Liz Cameron, who um, imported Kenworth trucks and ran them out of Doncaster for a while. And he mentored me and we started Doncare off, the largest counselling centre in Australia. And we went to Westfield and said, what are you going to do for the community? He said, what do you mean? We're just going to build a shopping centre. We said, no, you better give us something uh, before you get a permit. Um, yeah, we, we twisted them a bit, uh, but it was a bit of fun. And it was a group of uh, some churches and business people that got together. And so we made it happen. I'm a life member there. I think I was um, a person. I was on the board, chairman of the board for many years. And now I, I run a group at the Vine and Branches Education Centre opposite Odyssey House. And last night and for 32 years, I've been running groups for people. And they come in and out as they want to. And um, was, um, we were on, on, we were running it. And I had one person from Lebanon uh, checked in and the rest were in Australia. So, and we just support business people, people in emotional situations, able people wanting to be more able. So that's the space I create. If they wanna, you know, wanna, even if they wanna die, I'll hold their hand. Congratulations, Graham. Um, you know, to, to be charitable and having philanthropy as one of your key um, personal values is a is again it's 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 a heightened level of respect um, from me on that for you. And and final word, Graham. Final word. If you um if you were running the country right now, Scott Morrison. And I'm not asking for your political views here, but if you were running the country right now, what would you be doing, continuing or stopping or starting differently? What would you be doing differently or continuing or starting or stopping if you were Scott Morrison right now? This is the final question. Well, I think the last 10 years or so, um, we've destroyed the connectionness of being Aussie or being Australian. And how do we all, how do we start to work together? I know we've all got different ideas, but how, this is one of the best countries in the world. How do we make it better? And how do we use the resources of the people that come here to make it 
better and more connected. And I haven't got all the answers to that, but I think in some places because of this crisis that we've joined in a bit, but I hope the hell we don't go back to this divisions and uh, political political scoring as we've done in the past. Graham, I hope you've enjoyed this conversation. And from our total community, our whole community for which, you know, there are plenty that are here and there'll be plenty that get to see this, uh, this conversation. And it was a conversation. That's all it was. And I so appreciate you for being available and, and committed. And, and again, you know, spontaneous in many ways, however, very, very, very thoughtful and, um, and, 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 and liberal with your sharing. I so appreciate you and everything you do and your team, your business, your life, your family should be so proud of you. And, I'm so glad to hear, um, you know, at the age of 80, you still, you still have a chance to be shaping your identity. You still have a chance to be um, shaped and, and guided and, 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 and seeking counsel and listening as you also share and tell and, and people listen to that. I just want to thank you. Uh, it's been an unbelievable uh, um, hour for me and, and I appreciate and thank you for the privilege. And thank you for listening and, and giving me this opportunity to share some of my life and the people watching. Just care for yourself. Make it happen. Lots of love. Bye. Thank you, Graeme. Thank you, team. Thank you. For more information about Business Benchmark Group's coaching, education and training programs, visit businessbenchmarkgroup.com.au or call 0390010878. If you liked this podcast, please rate it on iTunes, Stitcher or SoundCloud and leave feedback as well. Stefan shares so much value in all his podcasts and we encourage you to go through the archives and listen to other episodes of the Business Benchmark Group podcast. Thank you for listening.